Hello and welcome to the Movie Quest podcast. Each week we sit down and watch a film and we discuss it, break it down. Uh, usually it's based around a theme or a season. This season uh, we're looking at films to do with water. Uh, I'm joined by my fellow hosts, Aaron and Johnny. Hello. Yep. Uh, this week, because obviously the obvious the, uh, big elephant in the room is the coronavirus, uh, we are recording separately. So normally we record in our Huddersfield studio, aka Johnny's house. Uh, but this week we're doing it o- over the internet. So uh, hopefully we won't talk over each other too much and we can make it sound fairly smooth. So yeah, how are you guys doing? Uh, how are you getting on with the whole coronavirus? Again, just to sort of clarify, it's the 28th of uh, March at the moment. So so far, yesterday, Boris got got the got the virus. That was the big news. It's it, it's like we're in in a film. This feels like a very filmic. Like, I mean, a bit of a boring film because most like like post apocalyptic films have like a big asteroid coming to Earth or like zombies taking over. Whereas this, we've just got to stay inside and not really do anything. So out of all the ways that the world could go belly up, like seems to be like more boring ones. Yeah, but real life is always more boring than movies. Yeah, very true, very true. But yeah, it it does kind of half feel like a film, like like almost like you know the start of Twenty Eight Days Later, where like if anyone's like been out and about, just look up and down the road, and there's there's no one there, and it's really quiet. it is quite eerie, isn't it? Yeah, I yeah. I think like. Where I live, because I live like right next to a park, it's been quite busy. I mean, not like I'm obviously like when I say busy, I mean there's not been a lot of people being near each other. But you know, you see people walking their dogs or like working out or running, or it's weird. I haven't felt that sort of silence, or I have. You know, it's weird. I just haven't felt that distant from from reality in a sense. But I guess. The big thing for me is like not going into work and then also having like an insane amount of time to kind of do whatever. But uh, I guess we'll move on to what what have we been watching, guys? First thing I'd I'd like to chat about is since we last recorded there's been a brand new streaming service been launched oh disney plus mm. disney plus yeah has, has anyone taken any opportunity to, to watch it no but yeah. i haven't i haven't um and partaken yeah see we're, we're i feel like we're always like the thing like it was a big thing a few months ago when it was released in america i saw it loads and then because we're a few months behind i'm just sort of like yeah I'm good, but I know, like Johnny, have you? Did you get? Did you get involved with it? Have you watched anything? Uh, Sarah's got it. Nice. Um, so I've watched a couple of things today. Um, they've got all the original Mickey Mouse's. Oh, on that's there. cool. Oh, right, okay. They've been they've been remastered, and those are like so good. Like the animation is like you. It could just be like a level from uh, Cuphead. It looks exactly the same. Yeah. Um, and there's. So there's those ones from the nineteen sort of forties mainly, uh, the colour ones, and then I watched a couple of new ones, uh, from two thousand and thirteen, and the reason why I I was watching some of those is because the guy who did the music for David Copperfield is also doing some of the music for these Mickey Mouse shorts. Ah, okay. That's cool. Um, so I don't think it's all of them. I think it's just select ones. Uh-huh. But uh, they're definitely worth a watch. They're only like three or four minutes long. Um, and I don't think there's a continuous play setting on Disney+. Plus. Oh, right, not that okay. I found yet. Uh, so, And the system itself is a little bit clunky. Really? Just for like the casting and the app on the TV. It just seems a bit slow. I don't know if it's because a lot of people are streaming stuff right now. Uh, that it's running a bit slow, but like the experience I've had today compared to Netflix or YouTube, when I'm been, when I've been casting and stuff, it just seems a little slower. But the content's been good. Uh, I've also watched the new Lady and the Tramp. Oh, really? 
film, which um, it's not my choice of film, but uh, Sarah that, was quite keen to watch it. That got released directly onto Disney Plus, wasn't it? It was almost like a video release. They didn't put it in the cinema, I don't think. Yeah, it's an exclusive for Disney Plus. Um, I've not seen, I don't think I've seen any of the other live action Disney films. So I can't really compare mm. that to them. And I've not seen the original Lady in the Trap. Yeah, I've never seen it either. I missed what? that. Um, really? Um, yeah, no. <laughs> I know the famous scene. You know, everyone knows that. But I, yeah, I haven't uh, never watched it. It's, it's one of my mum's favourite Disney films. I suppose that's probably why I've seen it so many times. Like I watched it loads well, growing up. That and um, 101 Dalmatians. I remember quite vividly. We watched that recently. I watched it like two weeks ago because we were, we every Sunday we watch a family film, me and Mel and Annabelle, and cool. Uh, we watched yeah, Hundred One Dalmatians, not the cartoon version, the live action one. Oh yeah, great. And uh, it is an interesting film. Like, like <laughs> I, most films we watch, Annabelle will watch tw- first twenty minutes of, it and then gets bored and sort of pots around, and occasionally watch it, watches more of it. Yeah. I kind of got into it because it was sort of it reminded me a little bit like a Batman and Robin. It was so like caricaturized and like sort of, of of its time it's very odd um but kind of interesting uh, yeah i mean i'd i'd actually say it's probably worth watching again at some point if you just just as a sort of curiosity mm-hmm. it's not very good i don't think but yeah i got i kind of watched the whole thing a couple of weekends ago nice 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 sorry i was gonna say uh you mentioned about the the david copperfield music since we watched david copperfield that has been pretty much one of like two or three albums I've been listening to on repeat. Respect. Like the music in that film is so good. So I'd recommend mm. it if anyone's not watched the film, just go and listen to the soundtrack. It's beautiful. Like ugh, it's really, really good. Yeah. To go back to watching that again for the first time, like they seem like simpler times. Mm. <laughs> um you know, just being able to go to the because I think we went to the cinema like two or three times in a week around that point to go yeah. see various films like 1917 and David Copperfield and uh, I think there was one or two others which we were trying to see and uh, that seems like a lifetime ago now. No. Yeah, I mean for so. for, for me, uh, I haven't really watched a lot. I'll tell you what, I've been I've been watching um, Kirby Enthusiasm because Great. it's been it's been on my list of things to watch for years. I'm a big fan of Seinfeld and stuff. They don't know Kirby Enthusiasm is about um, Larry David, who's co-creator of Seinfeld and it's like a almost like a it's sort of like his life but obviously as a comedy and it's sort of it's all imp- improvised and stuff but yeah I've been watching a lot of that just it's, it's really good like background sort of like the thick of it that sort of feel like for me yeah. I can watch it in the background and not yeah. have to worry too much about it because it's more about this like the dialogue and like just the situations you don't have to really care too much about it because it doesn't look particularly good or anything um so I've been watching a lot of that while, while, as I've been working at home, um, just on in the background. And I guess, I don't know, did I talk about this? I don't think I talked about The Invisible Man. I think I mentioned it beforehand, before we recorded. So this is an interesting film. Like, one of the things that's happened since the coronavirus has, you know, come along is all the films that were supposed to be coming out for it, uh, coming out during this time period, have sort of just been screwed. Because <laughs> uh, obviously no one can go watch it. Um, so, I mean, this film came out on the cinema. I think it was... Maybe a day or two before we watched, uh, we went to the uh, Manchester Film Festival. So I saw it the Sunday. We, me and you went to watch it. Uh, went to the film festival. Aaron watched it. I watched it at like nine thirty in the morning. Because um, <laughs> I went. I basically I was planning on going in early, and then I wasn't sure what time you were going to come in. And then eventually you were like, "Oh yeah, I'm gonna. I'm not gonna be in till like a little bit later." At which point I was already sort of on my way. I was like, "Okay." I'll watch something at the cinema. So I had, uh, it's just been that and, and onward and I, and I wasn't really feeling it. So I thought I'll go for this sort of psychological horror film. I had, I mean, I've watched the trailer for it and I had a pretty good idea from that, what the film was going to be about, which it pretty much is the trailer. So if you've watched the trailer, you've pretty much watched the whole film. Uh, it's around a, a woman who is in an abusive relationship straight away. The first scene, she's like, she's living with this like genius um, tech guy. Um, in this a beautiful home, I like, got next to a big seafront, and the whole start of it is her trying to sneak off in the middle of the night to try and get out, you know, get out of his uh, manipulative uh, clutches, and then basically, I mean, so obviously, I mean, it's not spoilers really to say this, is it? Because it's like it's part of the 
very central pillar of the film <laughs> is that she's she's tormented by him as as an invisible man basically mm. so she yeah it's basically the whole film centers around tr- you trying to figure out is is what she's seeing real or is it in her own mind or and and and, and the reactions that people are, are, are having to her and what she's doing because she's like convinced certain things are happening and people don't believe it anyway and it, and it's it's very good i would actually really recommend it if you get a chance to watch it I think since obviously the coronavirus has come along, they have put it onto some streaming sites. So I think it's on iTunes now and it's on Amazon, I think. Yeah, so the main the main actress is Elizabeth Moss, who's in uh, The Handmaid's Tale. I haven't seen The Handmaid's Tale, but she's very good in this and I re- yeah, again, like she pretty much like carries the film. Obviously The Invisible Man you know that actor didn't really get much of a, a say in it so it's pretty much all based on her and she's pretty much incredible so yeah like it's you know it's not particularly like groundbreaking or anything but for what it's trying to do it's very good and i'd recommend it it's not too scary or whatever it's more just a bit of a sort of thriller action film go on aaron you go you go next because i've I'll, I'll talk about the thing later okay i've got two things that i want to talk about they're both like tv series um I know, I know, I know. I always choose TV. It's just that I don't know. I've not really, other than the film that we're talking about tonight, I haven't really been watching a lot of films. Uh, Heather and I have kind of committed to watching one film a week now, like maybe oh, choosing cool. a series or something. Like I think we're going to try and like you know spend some time watching and Heather's stuff off together. As well, that was all, didn't yeah, 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 yeah. Same boat. Two TV TV series that I want to talk about. One's a mini series. Has anyone have you heard of Unbelievable on Netflix? Have you heard of it or seen it? I have not heard of it at all. No. It. Um. Okay. So, it's loosely based off a true story. It was the actual story itself was taken from a newspaper article that was released in 2016. But essentially, it follows a a girl who is um, raped at a very young age, and sort of the first episode just shows her like how she she deals with this, um, because basically she gets confused. This isn't a spoiler; it's just the first episode. She she gets confused. And she sort of tells conflicting stories, and the police don't know whether to believe her. And essentially, there's through this whole whole ordeal, the people that are running everything in the background, the police. Um, the uh, medics and everything just do a really really bad job so she ends up like sort of living in denial almost about it um well, she whilst... thinks maybe she's not actually yes she doesn't know what she's actually happened to it right okay yeah um and then it follows two separate police who start investigating like this sort of series of of um sexual attacks that happen in their area and it's like this huge big story that all sort of comes together. Now, some of it isn't real and some of it is just sort of wrote into stories to make mm-hmm. it a cohesive story, but essentially it is based off a true story. Anyway, um, it's got, you know, the lead actress from Hereditary in it? I don't Tony Clare. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and she is awesome. Yeah, she's amazing it's, in pretty much everything <laughs> she's in. Um, it's got the lead, one of the leads from Booksmart, and it has. If anyone watches New Girl, it's got Schmidt's ex-girlfriend. I, I really, I'm sorry that I don't know these actresses' names. How it's many really episodes is it? It's only like eight episodes, and eight and that's is, that's it then. That's yeah, that's the f- right, yeah. Okay. It's and genuinely it's amazing. Yeah, yeah, they're about an hour long each. Sometimes they're 45 minutes. Sometimes they're like an hour and five. But that's okay. uh, g- genuinely like I couldn't recommend a TV series more. Obviously, how, it's how very dark somber. is it? Yeah, it's pretty, say, like is it, is it really hard watching? I imagine. Um, mm, like I, I tried to watch. Uh, what was that? Docu- the the, um, the mini series uh, about the man, the New York Five, or whatever it is. Oh, uh, uh, the the uh, when they the, when they see us or something like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. I couldn't get past the first episode because it was so depressing. That um, even though I knew it was important to watch, I just couldn't do it because it was just like it's just just too much, and I can't I can't watch it. I I would say like I stick with it because the on screen dynamic of the two police women are is just really worth mm. worth watching. Like they are such amazing actresses. In fact, everyone involved in it is amazing. Like you don't really see anything really 
but it's very forward about like rape and, and victims and stuff like mm. that and what they go through and like the trauma that they experience but I, I thought that was just awesome and like Heather and I like sort of had every night we were sort of like let's watch another one let's watch another one and like we don't often do this where we'll watch like two episodes or something back to back like yeah. we'll sort of just watch one and then leave the one for the, for the next day but we were like should we watch two yeah let's watch two like let's sort of do that and then the second thing I want to talk about, oh, it's very brief, um, and it's just, just one for me. Um, have you guys heard of Kingdom? It's also streaming on Netflix. Oh, man. Uh, I think I have heard of it. There's so much stuff on Netflix. And yeah, this is insane, right? There's so much TV, but yeah, go on. Yeah. So Kingdom, have you seen? So Kingdom is like a Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, but set in South Korea. But it's a Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon meets zombie apocalypse. Wow, okay. Um, so season two came out. There's only like four episodes or three episodes each season. Um, Ooh, but it's just basically like, it's so good. It's I prefer, so good. I prefer that one. It's like, just keep it nice and short. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Like sort of that like flamboyancy of like, just like martial arts. And then obviously like loads of zombies everywhere. Oh, it's class. I couldn't recommend Is it, it set more. in that period as well? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. That, this yeah. looks quite fun. Yeah. It is really fun. Like genuinely, like the last episode of season two, I was like, "Woo!" Like, What's the tone of it like? Is it because obviously you know, with uh, when I think of a zombie TV show, obviously The Walking Dead comes up, mm-hmm. and I enjoyed a lot of The Walking Dead, but some of it just went on a bit too long, and it just sort of dragged it on a bit too much. Do they? And like also, it was sort of it sometimes felt a bit like too serious. I don't know, like how, how does this. It's too much about relationships and less about zombies. Oh, that's that's from we're walking dead. Nah, there's there's nothing about relationships. It's mostly to do with like, <laughs> um, like being mm, like the it's like the politics of the the time, the dynamics but, between yeah, all the characters and stuff. Right? Yes, it's mostly to do with that and like just just generally what's going on in that in that country at the is time. It, is it um so? Uh, yeah, and it, there yeah. is a dub version of it, but I haven't listened to the dub version i wouldn't mm. recommend it is it something think. that um has heather been watching with you or is it no but I, I think i actually think like if heather was up for it i'd go back and watch it because how gruesome just is it pretty gruesome yeah it's, it's weird because like i i wouldn't rec- ever recommend watching like for, for mel i wouldn't have said oh we'll watch like the walking dead because i don't think she'd enjoy it but she actually really got into it so i wonder i might try not to talk at this at i think point. you should it's so good I like. I was so excited when I it popped up on Netflix saying that season two was on its way, and I was just like, I was losing my mind. Like, <laughs> I think I genuinely think it's like probably. I don't want to say it's like one of my favorite TV programs, but it's one that I definitely, definitely Take, get excited takes your mind about. off a little bit. Oh yeah, oh, it's got Faye Dooner in it, who is in uh, Cloud Atlas. Yes, yeah, she's she's awesome. She's awesome. Talking about TV shows, uh, this wasn't on my list, but. You just reminded me. You're saying like, "Oh, you're watching, you're watching this uh, kingdom," and sorry, you're watching uh, what was the um, unbelievable? You're watching unbelievable, and you're saying you're, you're watching one episode, then you have to watch the next episode, sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Me and Mel have been watching um, "This Is Us," which is an American Ooh. show, sort of mm-hmm. like a family-oriented sort of drama show, um, similar, I guess, in vain to Parenthood. Uh, or maybe um, Friday Night Lights, something like that. I would say. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I, I'm not going to go on about it too much because it's a very, very long show and it's you know it's it's quite a lot there to get into. But if you never heard of it and you feel like any of those shows I've mentioned, uh, I'd recommend it. It's really good. Um, we're just on series four at the moment, I think, and it's one of those things where we watch one episode and we're like, oh, we have to watch the next one, and it and. And the way I'll give you the, the premise is uh, I haven't described it before. I'm assuming on this show, um, but the premise is it's all based around the family, and it's um, it's about a a family of uh, three uh, or triplets and the mum and dad, and um, basically it sort of jumps back and forward in time to when they were kids or teenagers or adults. And um, sort of it juggles like different storylines, and it sort of tells them through throughout different uh, periods of the life. So you'll have like some clips showing a uh, something happening in the past, in like the teenage time, and then they'll sort of 
um, balance that with stuff that's happening in the sort of the modern time when they're in, when they're like in their thirties, and they sort of use them both to tell the story, and they sort of reveals the reveal bits from the past and reveal things in the foot. It's really really well done, um, and somehow doesn't manage to get itself tied in loops and tied in like horrible like story knots or whatever. It, it, it's really well handled. Um, but yeah, if you haven't heard of it, I definitely would give it a watch. Um, if you like those sort of those sort of shows, I think there's only about. Actually, no, I think it is one of those shows that has like twenty episodes a season, so it, yeah, it can get quite 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 involved. But I'd really recommend it. It's well well done. Um, the thing I was going to mention, and I'll be brief on this, is again mentioned there uh, before we watch uh, watching family films on a Sunday. So for the last month or so, we've been watching the Toy Stories. Um, and so yeah, I mean, I'm not gonna talk about one, two, and three much, apart from to say that even Toy Story one, even though it's so old now and the CGI doesn't look amazing, the film itself still really holds up and it's really well done. Um, it's still like still worth watching, like even though it was like the first Pixar film. Um, but finally, we watched Toy Story four, um, which we I missed. I think I wanted to watch it on at the cinema and didn't, never got a chance. And um, again, I'm not going to go into it too much because it's just a, it is another Toy Story film, but it's more of a um, if Toy Story was if there was a um, like a Toy Story road movie, I would say it's sort of that sort of the feel it is you get from it. So there, it's a, it's based around um, obviously Woody and um, Buzz, um, but it's mostly about this. It's Woody realizing he doesn't fit quite well in this new family he's got and maybe looking outside of that and looking into the, into what he could do apart from being a toy um it's just kind of interesting um i watched it last weekend oh, as well wow amazing sync up yeah um yeah i thought it was like the animation it's just, I, i've not seen a toy story oh. film for ages but it's just like so it's sublime in it. so it's like the best you could ever like you couldn't imagine it being any better like it's crazy i I have one slight gripe with it which i've I've been told is a trait of like all the other toy stories i mean i have seen the voice it's been a little while but they do spend quite a long time in the uh charity shop the antique shop um, I just was like, I was hoping for it to kind of move on to something no, else. No, yeah, I mean, they they pretty much like, yeah, I can understand. It's sort of similar to how Toy Story Three had the the nursery or whatever. It's sort of similar in that regard. It doesn't move too many different locations. It sort of like sets out. It sets out. It's like here's the location. Here's what we're doing. And then it doesn't show you loads of different things. Um, did you uh, notice the music from The Shining? Yeah, I did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I mean, yeah. I, I, the only thing I say about this is, I watched it with my family. We because obviously, again, watching it with a really small child, we ended up breaking it up over a few days. So we watched like a big chunk of it, and then we watched some more, and then finished it off. So it got broken up, which I think did definitely. Uh, impact the you know the the enjoyment of watching it as a full film and also i know i watch a lot of films and i always say oh it's fine i watched them on my ipad or whatever and it's fine you know i get the same experience i do think if i would watch that at the cinema at the time it came out it probably would have been even more impactful um just because obviously it got broken up and i was you know watching it with distractions of kids and stuff it it does get broken up a little bit but um yeah it's very good Uh, it's probably I I would make the argument that it's probably the the Toy Story films are probably the best four films like as a quadrilogy ever made. I don't think there's a better quadrilogy out there that have held up every film works and every film justifies its you know itself as a film. Um, I don't think there's any other film. Um, I mean, Aaron, you could probably argue Fast and Furious, but I'm I'm going to say it's better than those. I've just got to see what the new Matrix is like. Well, uh, <laughs> I don't know if that holds up, Johnny. Are you doing that, that last Matrix film? That was great. I remember being so good. That little bit at the end. You know, I liked them. I I liked them, <laughs> but obviously not not as good. You as watched the them recently. Maybe that's the next series. No, no. Matrix. I was a, I was I mean I was still quite young when I watched them all. So oh man, it's been a while. 
there's a good segue um here is a Spe- speaking of films that are all spending too much time in one place Ooh. or it spends a lot of time in one place should we get into the abyss you oh i like that that was beautiful that was that's so let's, good let's jump in <sighs> stop it this is so good next flash right okay uh it's the deep dive increasing okay shall i get onto the abyss then Let's get in there. Okay, so The Abyss. The Abyss came out in 1989, directed by James Cameron. The the basic plot of the film is, I'll give you it right now, a civilian oil rig crew is recruited to conduct a search and rescue effort when a nuclear submarine mysteriously sinks. One diver soon finds himself on a spectacular spectacular odyssey 25,000 feet below the ocean surface where he confronts a mysterious force that has the power to change the world or destroy it. Dun, dun, dun. That, that is a, <laughs> that is a um, great synopsis because it does, it jumps... Jumps from section to section, doesn't it? It's but actually, that synopsis I realised after reading quite a bit about this. There's actually a separate a sec- second ending that I didn't have a different ending, um, which Wait, we can talk what? about later on. Yeah, I don't. Know, we're interested in see what endings we all had because the version I had was the I think the theatrical version, but there was a different one at one point. Anyway, um, so it came out in 1989. The films that also came out. In yeah, the, I was born. Yeah, me too. So this, because it, it came out the year you were born, um, does this hold like um, a deeper love in your hearts? Johnny, no. it came out <laughs> uh, ten, nine days after your birthday. Whoa. Whoa. I didn't go see it originally. I've only just seen it this week. So. Yeah, Johnny didn't see it originally in, in the cinema. You didn't go see it no. at no, nine days old. Yeah. Shame. Missed okay. out. So, the films that came out in 1989 mm. are as follows. Batman, the original. Ooh. Indiana Jones, Last Crusade. Oh, damn. Die Hard. Yeah. Dead Poets Society. Bloody hell. Back to the Future Part 2. What the heck? Rain Man. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. When Harry Met Sally. Okay. Flipping Nora. And... I mean, there's Even a bunch. Know he met Sally. But uh, 007 License to Kill and Ghostbusters 2. They're the big ones of the year. <laughs> That's insane. That's a good year for film. It's a really good year for film. Mm. I think we usually find that most years are good years of film. Yeah, but, mm. yeah. It's usually one or two good films each year. Yeah. So my first question to you guys is, have you have you seen this film before? Nope. Yes. I Okay, I had never seen it as well, Johnny. I'm with you with that. I feel like this film sort of goes under the radar a little bit. Like, it's not something you see that often. Like, it's not beloved, I don't think, as as much as some other, like Alien or Aliens, you know, or like Terminator yep. or whatever, other, other films in his back catalogue. But, you um, know, like, how how long are those films, though? Like, not I'm not saying that the length of time is a put-off, but I'm saying if you, you're going to watch this film, like, say it's going to go on TV or or something like that, like... I would say the length of time probably factors into that. Yeah. It was, it's only really like Lord of the Rings. I'd, I'd quote people if you, you know, whatever, make, if I'm making a mistake or I'm just talking absolutely out of my butt. But like Lord of the Rings was the first one, or the first sort of really, really long film where people seem to not be bothered about it. In the mass media, I mean. Yeah, like, I think there's, Titanic. I mean, there's a lot of films that are really long, but I think for, for this sort of film... Like I think it it's not got that sort of blockbuster um, ingredients quite. I think it ha- well it has ingredients, but the the way it's been put together isn't quite there yet. And it's ob- it's weird because mm. I when I watched this film, I said to Mel, I was like, oh, this to me, it was obvious that this came before Aliens and Terminator and the other films he did. But then I went back and looked, and it actually came out after Aliens, which I was surprised about because I thought. <laughs> I felt like this was sort of the precursor to those films. Um, 
just because of the just like there's a lot of the same sort of feel to it in certain places but it doesn't have that impact and i think it's trying to do a lot more and i think it took it's taken him it, i guess it took him a little bit of time to figure out that box office sort of like perfect recipe which he obviously went on to do with titanic and avatar yeah 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 yeah. i mean it, it does think it does feel like he's trying to figure a lot out and like i think he set himself up with quite a hard job because so much of the film is set in one area. And, mm. like, obviously he's trying to tell this humongous, really big story and he's, there's lots of sort of interconnecting parts to sort of get to the last bit. But, like, I, I just, yeah. It must have been, I think it must have been quite a hard film yeah, to market was, as well. Yeah, definitely. Just because a lot of it looks quite samey it's either in like a gray submarine or in a kind of teal blue sea or just in the dark sea like there's there's not much else sort of visually that you'd that really jumps out unless you're showing some of the scenes later on in the film but that would be a bit of a spoiler i, guess. I was gonna say yeah for, for the larger market it's sort of like it's still shot really beautifully in the same way that maybe I don't know, the hunt for Red October or something like that would be shot, but it's because of just like what it is, it, it isn't particularly visually pleasing in the same way. Hmm. And when you talk about you say talk about those other films that released in that year, like Die Hard, it's a pretty simple story and you know what you're gonna get. You're gonna have a lot of guns and a lot of action and you know, like swagger and stuff, and same with Indiana Jones because you've already had one or two before. Same with the uh, Back to the Future, whereas this is completely like off the wall compared to all those other films that that released on that year. It's a fairly, fairly like um, oh, I don't know what word I, what word I'm trying to use, but like it's definitely pushing the boat out. It's out there, isn't it? Yeah, it's trying yeah, stuff out definitely. Fairly, I mean, again, because it maybe it's just like this theme whenever he comes to water definitely feels like there's you know like he's trying to save the planet with a message in a film in a way um i don't know hmm. maybe so I'm, so I'm wondering how many other like submarine films they've been up to that point besides das boot i, I don't think there would have been that many more that were released before then i think i mean i have to check this right now but i'm pretty sure that like I mean, the blockbuster version of this has got to be Deep Blue Sea. Like, it's very similar in a lot of ways to that film, but that has the comedy and has the action yeah, and yeah, has the simplicity yeah. of it. But it, but it has a lot of the same visual sort of tone and the same like sort. Well, it's not necessarily tone, but it has a lot of the same ingredients. But it's also obviously done in a way that they knew they could market it well and get it, you know, get it like. I mean, after watching it, I did think, oh, maybe I should have picked the because it's a bit more fun, a bit more fun to watch. I like. I mean, I don't know. Like this film, once you're sort of in there and you're, you know, going on the journey, it's not an unenjoyable film to watch. Mm. It's just, you know, there are films that are similar to it, like Deep Blue Sea, that do maybe a better job, maybe. What, I don't know. What, what did you? What do you guys think the tone they were trying to go for? What they were trying to like make you feel with the film? Because like, to it felt quite. It's a bit of a roller coaster of tone. It felt to me. I don't know what you guys yeah. thought about that. I, I didn't really get what he was like. There was obviously you had like the bad, crazy army guy. Then you had like the weird aliens that were sort of going on then obviously they were also trapped underwater there's like a lot of different plates that he was spinning yeah. that all kind of were dragging you in different directions almost mm-hmm. and I, I really didn't understand what he was trying to do with all that like i wasn't uninterested by it all i was just sort of like what what are you like what where are you taking me it's like not a super serious film, but on the same time, it's not like really caricaturish. Um, but there are elements that are super like serious, the, like that the scenes yeah, where they're yeah. trying to revive his wife is like flipping heck. Hell. It's like that is so intense. Yeah, I mean that's that's mega intense, but it's still like there are some comedy elements mm. to it. But you know, in like um, 
he seems in those kind of actiony type films from the day, he seemed to get people who are really a, like a massive caricature of that person. Yeah. And the only sort of two people who were like that were the uh, the female uh, uh, submarine pilot who wore oh, the cowboy yeah, hat. Oh yeah, yeah. She was definitely out of another kind of uh, like film. no reason. Yeah. Uh, and then um, the. Uh, sort of marine commando people they were pretty yeah i i think that the the commanding officer up 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 above you know on the on the on the boat or whatever that to me was like the most sort of that to me felt very like i think mean, it's funny because this film doesn't have that much of this of that sort of caricature but then if you look at his later films like avatar that's all the characters are pretty much they're all just caricatures and weird like not very nuanced whereas this film you're right like ed harris's character in this film is very is fairly nuanced i think and not too overtly just one you know one character one sort of facet to them yeah so i mean there is a little bit of kind of play between him and um, his wife uh like they don't really get on and there's like this sort of tiff going on between them which is kind of an interesting dynamic, and like as the film goes on, they kind of work through that. Uh, but I wouldn't necessarily say it's massively. Needed. Yeah, I guess, I guess just um, to men- I forgot to mention at the start. So the main actors of the film, like there's probably three I'd say that are fairly well known. This is Ed Harris as Bud. He's the sort of the main sort of the leader of the divers, uh, on, well, I guess the engineers or whatever. Um, and his wife uh, is Lindsay Brigman. So she's she's played by Mary Elizabeth Mastratano. Mastrantonio, I'd say. I don't think I've ever seen her in much else since this. I think she's this is probably her biggest role. She was in Scarface and Robin Hood. Right, okay. Thieves. Yeah. I think she was made Marion in, in Robin Hood. Yeah. And in Scarface, she was, I think she was the love interest of Al Pacino. Oh, right, okay. And then, obviously... Uh, Michael Bean as well who plays the lieutenant. The guy goes a bit, gets a bit, uh, yeah, paranoid. Um, but yeah, so they, I mean, they're the three men. I I didn't have a going into this. I didn't know who was in it. I didn't know really what the film was about. I just knew of it as a sci-fi film, what's that underwater, and it had. I knew the, the I'd seen the scene of the of the sort of the water that was like making the shapes of the faces and so I've seen that before but I didn't really know much else about it to be honest I didn't know anything about the spaceships or whatever the the ships underwater and like the sort of glowing aliens and that sort of stuff that was all completely new to me going into this so I wasn't expecting that at all like it felt very much all over the place isn't it like I, I think it felt like he probably should have just picked one or two, maybe two of the things that of doing trying to do too much but then, obviously, I look at this film and I see how it's inspired lots of other films going forth. Like, you see, like, Sunshine, you know, like, that, to me, is definitely borrows heavily from this sort of paranoid, being stuck in one, you know, locked-in uh, situation with this guy who's going paranoid. You look... Maybe that's how we're all going to turn yeah, out. Yeah, exactly. Well, yeah, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, then, but then also, like, it's sort of looks like it's inspired like maybe a bit of interstellar but then also it's also looking back at like 2001 as well at the same time very is some of that going in there with him like traveling down into the depths of the sea so i think like this film to me feels like it does inspire a lot of other films um mm-hmm. a lot of the ways it does stuff the next question i would say i mean unless you guys have anything more to say on that, is probably just, like, standout moments, really, I guess, of the film and what sort of, like, what sort of you really enjoyed or really disliked, I suppose. So we've already kind of touched on it a little bit anyway. It's the bit, you know, the scene where, like, they're both trapped in the mini-submarine and she's like, oh, you know, you, yeah, like, I'm going to have to be the one that dies and you can bring me back because underwater I'm my body's gonna freeze or something and you can revive me within 15 minutes and like i know this is like a really serious moment and like you're supposed to be building like this sort of like i don't know you're gonna be you're supposed to be getting really sad because you're losing a character or whatever but heather and i were just laughing for like most of that really when he, yeah when he like he's like slaps her and says like wake up you whatever and like 
I just, Yeah, we're oh, going to lose a fight. Okay. Oh, gosh. I was just like, what are you doing? And then, like, I don't know, like, a lot of the B characters, like, they're, they're, they're like, almost their commentary on the situations that were happening. Like, some of the lines that we were saying were, like, really weird. Like, the you know, when the, they was going into the depths and the guy was like, 20,000! And just getting really <laughs> weird. It's just like, right, yeah, now you're overacting. The, the, like, the okay. sort of sec- secondary characters weren't particularly that interesting. Um, there, was, there wasn't a lot going on there with him. I actually, I thought that scene worked, to be honest. Yeah, I thought that was the best resuscitation scene in a film. Yeah, I, think I've ever yeah, seen. I was, like, I, I can kind of understand why you might react that way because it is so in, like, it's so, they're going for something like really out there with it, and well, not really out there, but they're re- they're really going for something. And if you if if you don't if you're not like sort of taking him with it, you could become, I guess, a bit over the top and silly. But for me, I was I bought into it. I, I did. Did you, do you guys do this in films? I do this the whole thing of holding your breath when they go like <laughs> with the, with the <laughs> characters just to see if you could hold your breath with them and stuff. I do that sometimes. I was actually really surprised, like, all the way through, I was kind of Googling, like, the science behind it all, like, and then it's not too dissimilar from, like, you know, the, the resuscitation scene wasn't scientifically off, and the whole, like, you know, water that you can breathe in is, it is a thing, now, it's not quite as good as that, but, um, you know, scientists are looking into, like, water that has, like, a high oxygen content so that you can, like, I to breathe. also looked at this. So yeah. just so, I, when I was watching this, there's certain things I was watching about it, and I was thinking, how have they done that? Like the, the, with the rat, did how did they get it to look? Did they just shoot around it and put it underwater and just sort of figure it out, whatever? But yeah. I actually reading into it that the liquid they put the the rat yeah. into is actually, oh, is it a mouse? It is a rat, isn't it? Yeah, it's, it's a rat. I think uh, yeah. That rat that mice. is actually oxygen oxygenated yeah. liquid, and they basically do. Drown the rat in that, but it obviously breathes the it breathes the oxygen. At one point, they had to cut away from it because it pooed itself because it was like freaking out so much. Um, but yeah, like that is they actually did that on the set, and I feel like if that was made today, they would not. Obviously, no. they wouldn't have to do it because it would be CGI'd. But there's, yeah, I don't think yeah, they'd yeah. ever get away with doing that now. I think it was just on the cusp no. of getting into that territory. It's kind of shocking if you think about it. But I mean, obviously, there's lots of other things that happens to rats in the world that is horrible. Um, on fire. I say like a lot of this film looks very, very real. Yeah. Like, um, obviously it's all meant to be like deep underwater and stuff, and you sort of feel like I am underwater. I am watching somebody underwater, like doing all these different tasks and like swimming around and stuff. It, it does feel like it. All, it's all kind of legit almost. Like I'm looking at stuff and thinking, yeah, that's. That's definitely real. That's not like CGI. It's one of those things, like, if it was CGI, you'd know it straight away because it's so obvious, like, to our eyes now because it's so old. It it wouldn't hold up. There's a few points where I noticed they were using animatronic, they were using stop frame uh, animation on a very few few, uh, points. So, like, I think there's a stop frame animation arm that comes in at one point on one of the uh, vehicles that they're driving. But overall, I thought it held up really well. Like, and I think the reason why it holds up so well is because most of it was done practically, wasn't it? I'm pretty sure. Like they, yeah, they yeah, actually from, went from, and got a massive. Like they went and got a massive. I think it was an old nuclear power station with a huge nuclear reactor tank, and they went and filmed in there for like all all of the underwater scene and stuff. So, I think that because they did it all practically, it does look so real. The only problem I think it hold, it, it has is that I think looking at it in today's in like today's. Uh, like viewpoint, it doesn't look that impressive. Like there, there are ways you would do that now. I, I would have thought that would be a lot safer and a lot less. Uh, it, it, it would be a lot easier to do now. Uh, or they do it with CGI or whatever, and it would look, it would hold up really well. Um, so it's sort of one of those things of like, I bet back in the day when if you watched this at cinema, you'd never probably have seen anything quite like it, and it probably would have been super impressive. Whereas now it just looks good. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. How much of this did you, you remember, Aaron, when you watched um, it oh in the past? Gosh. So, yeah, I watched it years ago. I remember it being maybe a little bit more ominous than it was. Like, 
and I I know I know that I was there's a film called Sphere that came out like ten years later, and that's like a horror film, and a lot of the, um, the two of these films kind of mashed together in my brain. Right. So I was thinking a lot of that and a lot of the other, but I knew because I remember like the ending quite vividly because it's completely bonkers, um, <laughs> like. So I was like, okay. So I was like, why is it? Where I was like, I kept being like, where's the scary bit where they're walking around on, under underwater, and where's this like weird thing? And I was like, and then I forgot. I was like, wait, wait, but when do the aliens become good? And I was just like, oh, where are the two? I don't know. It's very confusing, but um, it's just long, man. It's just a long. It's just a long. Film. But which version did you watch? How long was the version that you saw? Two two hours and something. Like 30, 40 minutes maybe. Because there's the version I watched was two hours and twenty minutes, but I've seen that there's another version which is two hours and fifty. Well, minutes. Yeah. should we get into? I guess we can talk about the ending. So, yeah. um, like obviously he goes down to the he. Ugh, there's a struggle in a power struggle within the within the uh the rig, and the the lieutenant guy is trying to. He's gone paranoid. He's trying to. Explode the nuclear weapon and kill the aliens, I guess. Um, or whatever they are. And at that point, I'll just say, at that point, they were fighting and there was a lot of you know, underwater t- sort of Transformers-esque fighting going on. Um, and Mel was like, oh, this this is this is getting on quite long. How long is left on this? And I paused it to set check. And there was still, <laughs> there was still like another 45 minutes. And we were just like, what? Really? Yeah. It's still like this is the ending. And then obviously it goes on and on and on, and um, you get the the, the obviously then going to try and uh, stop the the nuclear warhead in dropping down into the into the uh, the trench, I guess it is. And then he comes to meet the the aliens, and you see all their city or whatever. And then I wasn't expecting any of that. I was quite like I was quite surprised that I feel like the aliens probably the bits that doesn't hold up the the best. It's probably the it's interesting designs and concepts, but I don't think it holds up particularly well. But uh, the ending, of, the version I had, the ending is basically he he's rescued by the aliens. They put him in a little space, give him a, and then he's he goes back up and basically rescues his buddies, and they go the spaceship or whatever it is the alien vessel goes to the top of the ocean. And all the boats get lifted up, and then there's a there's a a final scene where him and his wife get to uh, meet again and hug and embrace, and then that's the end of the film. So, is that the film that you guys saw? Yes, that's the one yeah. that I saw. Okay, so the, there's another version of this uh, apparently, which says um, that basically the they go in he he gets taken into the, the 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 vessel and he has you know the oxygen and then the aliens proceed to show him all this like news footage of all the wars going on and i think it's a lot more implied that there's like this sort of tension between russia and um and the us and the nuclear uh you know apocalypse might be about to happen and the base of the aliens are so showing that they're going to they're basically going to intervene and, st- and 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 destroy humanity yeah that that's what that's what i saw like there was like they showed them like eclipse of like nuclear bombs going off they showed them clips of like war and then there was like this Actually, whole thing of like they were controlling the weather yeah okay you i didn't, see, I didn't that. see any of that now no. oh what? So you must have watched the extended version yeah. Wait, so wait, so you guys didn't see the tidal wave? No, no, so that's it. Like the tidal <laughs> so so the aliens release a tidal wave and then they stop it. It's like it's like the it's like the same water that they use to like move around the ship, yeah? And they yeah. stop the tidal wave at the at the city's yeah. edges. Yeah. Yeah. So so that is the extended version, I believe. And that uh... and I hadn't seen that. So and but basically they, they decide not to because of the messages between him and his wife. That's yeah, 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 yeah. So they, they show the t- the text messages and they're like, "Love you, love, wife." Love wins something. out, basically. But like, you so you didn't even see the bit where like, so basically, you missed the best scene. So like, everyone's running away from the tidal wave because it's coming, even though it's just like they're, they're gonna die. Like, there's no way you're gonna run out, you know, escape the tidal wave. Anyway, once the tidal wave stops moving, everyone then turns around and starts walking towards it. <laughs> 
it's just like, wait, what? Like, I don't know. It's just, uh, weird, 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 weird. So you didn't, as if you didn't see that, it was really funny. Yeah, <laughs> this made me make some, some more sense now of why you felt it was really too long because... Oh, it was so long. How much... Yeah, I guess so it's... Long. Yeah, I guess that's an extra, like, probably extra 20 minutes or so. I think a half an hour. I think that we when we watched was two twenty. Yeah. I think ours was two fifty. Yeah, I felt it was longer at two twenty. To be honest, wow, man! Like, generally, like I reckon you could have easily have cut this down to like an hour and forty minutes, and it still it would have made it a much much better film. <laughs> I, th- I, I, like, I completely agree. To be honest, I think he was trying to do too much, um, and yeah, it, some of it worked better than others, and. I think they probably could have done more. Like, if you look at, like, 2001 Space Odyssey, they imply a lot of stuff that goes on. Or even Interstellar, they imply a lot of stuff, but they don't necessarily show it all and, and, and like, go into it too much and sort of leave it up to your imagination and leave it a bit more open. Whereas this film, I guess, well, especially with the extended version, pretty much gives you, like, a proper finale and, like, tries to sort of tie all the all the bows and make sure everything's sort of final and i think it just tries to do too much and i think yeah it probably ends up just suffering for that i guess um, that's interesting though i do have some trivia about the film actually before we finish up so there's so much trivia about this film and i could probably um i could probably list some loads off and they could go on and on and on but it could go on for too long uh, I'm actually probably going to, after this, I'm going to go watch the documentary about it, about the making of, because I bet it's fascinating. But Yeah, I bet that would be yeah. quite interesting. But basically, it sounds like this is one of those films, similar to like Apocalypse Now or something, where it was an absolute nightmare to film, because so many of the shots were done practically. It was all underwater. Um, the, it sounds like all, all the actors basically had to go into and do divers training. Um, and... So one of the things I read about it, which was fascinating, was because they wanted, they obviously needed to film over a long period of time. They needed to make sure that the water was really clear and clean. So by doing that, they put tons mm. of uh, chlorine in it to make it really super high uh, chlor- chlorinated, which kept it clear and you know good for recording and all that sort of stuff. But what it meant was that any of the actors going onto it, they were getting they were getting like skin burns and like it was like bleaching the oh, hair dear. white and stuff. So to combat that. Any scenes where they're underwater, they had to like smear lo- or in water. They had to smear all their skin in like thick Vaseline, stop it, stop, to stop oh, the, the burns right. and stuff, which is just like crazy. Ugh. Uh, another trivia point as well. Um, so like James Cameron nearly, nearly drowned filming this. So basically, Whoa. there was a point where he was shoot, he was shooting underwater, like really, really far underwater, and for some reason, he was running out of oxygen, and he was trying to communicate that to one of his assistant directors or whoever, um, and they weren't understanding what he was on about. So eventually, he was like running out of oxygen, so he just took all the gear off and just started breathing all his air out of his lungs and then swimming as fast as he could up to the to, to the surface. Um, at which point, one of the, another diver, I guess I'm not sure who it was, but there's a diver there, maybe like a safety diver or whatever. I grabbed him. I was trying to give him like a, a regulator to so he could breathe for you know oxygen regulator, but the regulator they had was broke. That it was faulty, so it was getting pure water. So he was he wasn't oh. able to breathe, and he was trying to struggle to get out. And the diver thought that he was like panicking, having a panic attack. So he was just holding him super tight, really tight, and then Jeez. forcing this like regulator on his face. And um, basically, the only way he could do it because he was trying to get out, he ended up punching the guy in the face. So, so <laughs> and then he just like swam up to the top and obviously was able to breathe. But yeah, it was like, oh, he's just crazy. Apparently, there's from what I read online, like Ed Harris refuses to talk about the film because it was so like hor- horrendous to film it. Um, the uh, the main actress in it, Mary Elizabeth Mastrotonio. Apparently she had a bit of a basically a nervous breakdown filming it, and it like yeah it just sounds like it was an absolute nightmare. Um, which if you think about it, it was it was like most of like forty percent of the shots of the film were all shot on the water, and it was all practically done. It's just like absolute nightmare. But um, that sounds horrific. Yeah, 
It, it sounds like a uh, similar kind of vibe to Waterworld, like the production production wise, just like having an absolute nightmare mm. being on the water and filming in the water and stuff like that. Um, yeah, you'd think you know, Waterworld just... would learn some things from it, wouldn't you? Because Waterworld came out after this. Yeah. Which is interesting because I actually think Waterworld feels more dated than this film. Oh yeah, definitely, definitely. And to think that Waterworld had five times the budget, I think, of this film. Oh, yeah. That yeah, was three three hundred million, and this is, I think, sixty million. Mm. I think. I think this is a better film. So, Waterworld. But we'll get, then Waterworld. We'll get that. We'll get into that, won't we? I guess. Get into yeah. that in, the next, in a few episodes, right? So do we, we should just do a bit of a wrap up now. So Johnny, do you want to summarise your thoughts on this? Yeah, uh, good watch if you're into kind of sci-fi exploration films. It's pretty different. I don't think there's many other films like it um, besides Das Boot or Alien. It's kind of a mixture mm. of the two. If you mix Das Boot and Alien together, you've got the abyss. No, I think Das Boot, Alien, and uh, Cocoon. <laughs> Love it. I think if you mix Good. those three together, that's the tone it went for. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, give it a watch. Yeah. I mean, it was too long. Um, I did not enjoy the film, but... Um, more recently I'm enjoying Ed Harris's um, performance in Westworld so I think I would prefer to just continue with that than watch this film again because <laughs> you guys were talking about watching the documentary and I'm like this film's taken three hours of my life already no, but I ain't giving it any more time the documentary would be fascinating I feel like I feel like it'd be really interesting yeah, to be, find out well on, on behind the scenes stuff. Oh, fascinating what a waste of time I don't no, know I, I, I enjoy finding out about like Things that have gone wrong and stuff. It's that's fine by me. But anyway, uh, so my thoughts on this, I, I liked some uh, some elements of it. I think um, there were some parts like I think the, some of the characters are really well written and, and well acted. Um, I liked some of the visuals and the way it was shot, and the fact that it was all impractical and it, it, it sort of made you feel like you're a, a part of that world. Yeah. So basically, I think m- most of the things it's trying to do have been done in better in other places. And I think it sort of doesn't really hold up as a film um, too well. And I think you're right, Aaron, it's way too long. Even the two hour, 20 minute version is too long. It goes on to, yeah, it's just too many, too many like stuck plot elements and story arcs. So it's just, it doesn't really work. Um, it, it, you're right. If you cut, if you cut like 30 minutes out of it and reduce down the amount of stuff going on, it would have been a much more interesting film. I think things like Deep Blue Sea does this better, the action parts of this better, Aliens does the sci-fi parts of this better, um, something like Sunshine does the sort of like stuck on board uh, a ship with, you know, with like the sort of paranoid uh, characters a lot better, like Interstellar or 2001 does the sort of fantastical elements of, of, of the, towards the end of the film better. It feels like he was, he had a lot of ideas and and wasn't able to sort of fully um, execute on a lot of them because I guess the budget, time, and just the fact that it was all shot underwater, practically filming it. So overall, I mean, I'm glad I picked it because it's one on my list for ages to watch. And it's actually quite an interesting film to talk about, I think. But I probably wouldn't recommend it to anyone. <laughs> like if I was going to recommend it to anyone who wasn't super into films, I probably wouldn't recommend it because i don't think it really holds up whereas you know i could easily recommend aliens or you know 2001 or something but yeah uh so on that note i guess we should probably probably finish the podcast shouldn't we, lads i think we should i've got one thing for the listeners um if anyone has got any great tv shows or tv or movies to watch during this um, social distancing time please please write in and we'll, we'll we'll mention it on the pod the next time we record we're hoping to hopefully record a few more um random episodes maybe wrap up the season whilst we're we're off but um everything's sort of up in the air at the moment but anyway yeah yeah please if you've got any recommendations please 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 um email in or or message us on on instagram and i'm sure you can 
tell the listeners how to do that. Oh, Aaron, thank you very much for that. Oh, you're welcome. You never, you never know the, the, the links or anything, Aaron. No, it's not good. Uh, so if you want to message us on Instagram, it's uh, the movie quest on Instagram. Uh, or if you want to email us, it's podcast at themoviequest.com. That is us done. Thank you for joining us. Uh, thanks for bearing with us during this, you know, interesting time while we do this over the internet. Uh, I think it's going well, actually. It's not been too bad. It's uh, certainly beat the commute of, of driving over to Johnny's house. Oh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah. I've got to say, it's not, not quite as good as being in the same room as Johnny. No, no, And no, no, Aaron no. and getting the free snacks no. and free food from Johnny. Mm-hmm. The bants. I'm still, I'm still waiting for my free pizza. By the way, guys, no one sent me that yet, so just putting it out there. Free pizza from who? Just the listeners. One of the, one yeah. of the listeners. That's the segment. I feel like the only, the, the only person who's going to do this is potentially might be Lewis, just because he's probably the only person who's, you know, the, the mega fan of the of the podcast. But, uh, oh, you know, we should definitely. <laughs> we maybe we should get Lewis on at some point. It'd be probably quite. Good we should get that. Lewis. We will. We promise we'll get you on at some point. Right, on that note... Might be a bit difficult now. We shall uh, leave you there. Thanks for listening, and uh, we'll catch you later, guys. Later. Stay safe.